Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church Podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Merry Christmas, Freedom Church. How are you doing? We're so glad you have decided to celebrate Christmas with us this morning. Everywhere you look, you can see evidence that Christmas is here. Every other house you look at is covered in lights. And at my house, the channel is permanently stuck on Hallmark. Jennifer and the girls have this app notifying them every time a new Christmas Hallmark movie comes up. Let me tell you this, it's the worst app ever created. Since November, there's been a Christmas movie on at the Freskis family. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's not that I don't like Hallmark Christmas movies. It's, they're so unpredictable. Like, there's so much suspense. You never know what's going to happen. It's like... There's this girl that makes it big in corporate America in the big city, and she goes back home to a small town to find out if there is still love with her old boyfriend from high school, who happened to become the family doctor. They haven't seen each other in forever, but they see, feel those sparks, and will they get under the mistletoe and recapture Christmas love, or will they live a life without each other? Who knows? The suspense is overwhelming. How many men feel my pain with the Hallmark Christmas movies? Oh, Lord. Give us another storyline. I'm bitter. I'm not bitter. Not only are we bombarded with nonstop Christmas movies, but Christmas songs are playing everywhere you go. On the radio, you turn on Christmas songs. At the mall, at the restaurant, even at your office at work. It's about this time during the Christmas season where people are at an all-time kind of high. You're just at this tipping point. Either you're in your bathroom singing along every melody to Jingle Bells, or you want the Christmas songs to stop right now. So there's a lot of controversy. So how many believe, we're going to find out this morning, it's only appropriate to listen to Christmas songs from after Thanksgiving to the New Year. Just raise your hand if that's you. How many of you guys would believe that Christmas songs should be sung all year long because they're telling us about our Savior, Jesus? Yeah. So since we're talking about Christmas songs, seems like we're a divided audience this morning. Let me test your knowledge. Which of these songs is the number one song on the Billboard Holiday 100? Is it All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey? Is it rocking around the Christmas tree by the legendary Brenda Lee? I've never heard of her before. Or is it Mary Did You Know by Pentatonix? Right now, can I hear? Who is it? What do you guys think it is? Okay, okay, here it is. And the answer is, for the last five years, the number one song is Mariah Carey. I've been singing along with that, right? You know, what's absolutely fascinating to me is this. When you look at the top 100, somebody did some research on this. 
Of the top 100 holiday billboard songs, only eight of them deal with the birth of Christ directly. And of the eight that deal with the birth of Christ, only one of them has the word Christ in it. It goes to remind you that although Christmas is here and everybody's celebrating it and everybody's singing about it, that people sing what they sing about, what they even sing more about Jesus, they sing about Santa and sleigh rides and fireplaces and being around people that you love and eating some amazing food. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for those things. But let's not forget the real reason for this whole celebration of Christmas is Jesus Christ. Whether he's in the songs that we hear on the radio or not, I want him to be the song that is playing on my heart this Christmas. And I want my heart to be focused on him this Christmas season. Because if we're not careful, Christmas can hijack our emotions. It can hijack our hearts and take it down a purely emotional track and redirect our attention on good things like families and parties and good food. And all those things are good things, but we focus on those things instead of the ultimate thing, the whole reason, Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want us to intentionally refocus and remember that Jesus is the reason for this season. And here's the thing I want you to walk away with, that Jesus is God's perfect gift to us. See, this Christmas, in a couple days, many of you guys will wake up in the morning and you will open up some gifts and you will get exactly what you wanted. All the emails, all the subliminal hints, all the kind of poking your husband for the first time in 20 years is finally going to get you that dream gift. Jennifer, it's not going to be you because I've stricken out every year. So, man, I'm just going to say But for some of you, your husband's going to come through in the clutch and he's going to get you that perfect gift. For others of you, you're going to open a Christmas gift and it's going to be a pair of socks or some slippers or a tie. And you're going to have to fake smile and say, thank you very much, but I don't really want this. But my prayer for you this Christmas is that you discover that Jesus is the greatest gift of all. So I want us to read from Luke chapter 2, verse 8, about that first Christmas where the angels appeared to the shepherds and they made an announcement about a gift that changed everything for you and for me. Here it is, verse 8 of Luke chapter 2. And there were angels living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid! I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. I like, look how personal he makes it. It's been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. Let me give you the background. Shepherds were the least likely people to get this incredible angelic announcement that the Messiah is here. If you were betting back then, the people that you would think would get this announcement were the Pharisees. And you would think instead of the fields and shepherds, he would chose the temple and the Pharisees. 
Because the Pharisees, they were the best of the best. They were the cream of the crop. Every Jewish boy, by the time he was about 12 years old, would go through these aptitude tests. They would train them and they would shift them. And only the best of the best, the ones that had the highest aptitude for learning and social skills, passed through this rigorous training and they would become Pharisees. And they would become the leaders of the Jewish people. The rest of them, the rejects, the people that didn't get uh, accepted into that organization, they would get the least likely lowest jobs. And that would be a shepherd. But you, but here, it's incredible. The angelic announcement comes to the lowest class in the Jewish society. These men were considered uneducated. They were considered unclean. They couldn't fulfill all the strenuous... Uh, rules of the law because they were always around these animals. They were never even good enough to worship. But here's what I want you to know about God's gift. God's gift is to be received and not earned. These shepherds came that first Christmas feeling like they were not good enough. They weren't respected by their own community. They were unclean. They were uneducated. Yet God allowed them to have a front row birth of his son, Jesus. They were there to see the most amazing moment in the history of the world. And this is the meaning of Christmas. This is the gospel that you and I are never good enough on our own works, on our own deeds to see God. Yet God would come down to us. God came to save us through his son and give us the ultimate gift of salvation and eternal life. But a lot of times when we think about gifts, we think about Santa. Remember the song that we sang growing up? Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better watch out. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Sing the next verse with me. What, do you remember it? Does it go? He's making a list. Checking it twice. He's going to find out if you're naughty or not. Santa Claus is coming to town. And then he gets a little freaky. Santa Claus sounds like a stalker or some creeper. Like instead of a sleigh, he should have a white van with carpet in it. Right? He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. I don't want Santa around my kids. One kid wrote a note to Santa and it said this, Dear Santa, I've been good all year. Well, most of the time. At least some of the time. Never mind, I'll buy my own gifts. I think Pastor O.C. wrote that about 10 years ago. But if we're not careful, we can mix up the Santa story with the Christmas story and the Jesus story. The Bible teaches us that we're all on God's naughtiness naughty list, that none of us can make the nice list. None of us can make the requirements that God has. Actually, the Apostle Paul wrote it like this in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the story of Christmas is that you and I were doomed in sin, but Jesus came to save us and he came to offer us eternal life. But here's the great thing. God's gift does not just kick in after we die. It can be enjoyed today. And I want to point to you Three things that Jesus offers for us as a gift this Christmas. The first thing I want you to point to you is joy. It's from verse 10. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Psychologists tell us this. That the two things that cause the biggest problems in people is shame and guilt. 
Shame and guilt can rob your joy in the present. It can steal your joy from the future, past mistakes and regrets of things that you've done, people you've hurt. The pain of the past can literally paralyze you. But here is the good news. Jesus came to take away your guilt and shame. He came to forgive your sins. See, joy comes from our sins being forgiven. To know that you know that you know that there's nothing between you and God, that you're in right standing with God, causes indescribable, amazing, unbelievable joy. Have you ever had a school loan or a car loan that you paid off? You thought it was for decades, but year after year, month after month, and you've come to the last payment and you're about to enter that into your bank account or write a check to it, and you're like, yes, freedom! Feels so good, doesn't it? No more payments due. This is what Paul said in Romans 6.23. That the wages of sin is death. That's what we owed because of our sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus paid the payment for all our sins. We are no longer in debt to God because of our sin. See, we were guilty before God. We had all messed up. We were all indebted to him. But he forgave us. Not only did he forgive us, but he blessed us with his riches. Best way I can say it is this. God, through Jesus, took our bad credit score so we can have his perfect credit score. Thank you, Jesus, for that. All the times you defaulted on a payment, all those payments you couldn't make, all those things you couldn't keep up with, it was all messed up, but Jesus turned that up, and he gave you perfect 850 credit. And thank God for that. See, Jesus washed away our shame. It's gone forever. It's an amazing feeling. And have you ever felt it? Like to know that you know, to come to a place where you were just overcome, tormented, struggling with the thoughts of the past, the ghosts of uh, you, all the things that you've done wrong, but all of a sudden to come into relationship with God and to know that you know that God has forgiven you and you no longer have to hold on to the past. It's an amazing, indescribable feeling. I felt it in this Christmas. If you've never felt the joy of your sins being forgiven, Jesus wants to offer you that gift. Because in that gift, there is amazing joy. Not only does he offer us joy, Another gift that he offers us this Christmas is peace. Look at verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, sin puts enormous stress on your life and it takes away your peace. You weren't created to live in sin. You weren't made to live in conflict with God. You were made to be at peace with God. Whenever we break God's laws, whenever we do what we want to do instead of what God says in his word, it creates all kinds of emotional stress in our life. And the Bible says like this, when we say, God, I know you say this, but I want to do this. God, I know you want me to do that, but I'm going to do this anyways. The Bible says when we do that, we become enemies with God. And I would propose to you that the reason some of you have so much stress this Christmas is because you're at war with God and you weren't created to be at war with God. The greatest greatest stress in your life is this unrecognized, unresolved conflict with God. And the Bible calls that sin. See, worry is caused by sin. It means that instead of trusting God to take care of the situation, you're trusting yourself and you're trusting to work that by yourself. And God says, 
quit trying to carry that problem by yourself. Quit trying to work through that situation. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. Fear, doubt, bitterness, guilt, resentment, shame, loneliness, insecurity, low self-esteem. All those problems are not your real problems. They're just symptoms. Your biggest problem is that you're at war with God. But Jesus, on that Christmas, came to forgive sins and offer peace with God and a joy that comes from being in the right standing with God. So we see that on that Christmas, Jesus came to offer us joy. He came to offer us peace. And he also came to offer us hope. See, the Jews, for hundreds of years, they were hoping and praying and waiting for a promised Messiah. For years, they had been oppressed by their leaders. For years, they were controlled by these oppressors. For years, they thought that one day somebody would come and set them free and give them hope that one day they would be everything that God wanted them to be. And that day was here. The angels declared that the blessed hope had finally come. Look at verse 11. He said, today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Many of us are hoping for that perfect Christmas gift this Christmas. This week I was reading up and I wanted to work on the, get some perfect Christmas gifts. And I came across this list and all these crazy, crazy Christmas presents that are going out this year. So if you're still looking for a last minute Christmas uh, gift, here's some great ideas. Write these down. First one that I caught my attention was this, a glow in the dark toilet seat. Man. It seems a little bit crazy, but this is genius. This is brilliant. I, I, I don't know if anybody has one of these, but, but think about it. This is the best idea I've ever heard. Is there anything worse than getting up in the middle of the night, you can't see anything, and, man, and you can't even do your aim, and you know if you miss everywhere, your wife's going to get really mad at you in the morning. So what do you have to do is you have to turn on the light, and the bright lights wake you up, and you're awake from there on, and you're going to be looking at the ceiling for the next five hours because you're old and you can't hold it anymore. I'm not speaking from experience, okay? A glow-in-the-dark toilet seat is the answer to your problems. If you really care about someone, if you really care about your pastor, buy him one. Love this. One of the favorite gifts, another favorite gift I found was this. It's the selfie toaster. You can pick this up at burntimpressions.com. No, no, this is legit, serious. This is really a breakthrough in toaster technology. All you do is send an image to the company that burns that image onto every single piece of toast you make. And you know, I want that. I, man, I want every morning for breakfast, I want my girls to know that I am the reason they're eating breakfast. It's my hard work. My. Man, we need this. We need to remind our families just how good we are to them. Amazing, amazing gift. But the gift I really want to draw your attention to is this. It's the ostrich pillow. I don't, I don't know if you've seen this, Seriously, the reviews on this are amazing. People are raving about it. The pillow fits over your head and face, but leaves a hole for your nose and your mouth so you can breathe. It blocks out everything. You can't see anything. You can't hear anything. It's, it's like the ostrich idea with the ground in the, in the head. Just man, just man, just totally lost to the world. You're able to rest soundly and have no idea what's happening around you. 
It's, it's just awesome. No matter what time, just go to bed, take a nap, and don't wake up. Who cares? When I saw that picture and I read about the product, it's not a bad picture about how a lot of people approach Christmas. They're blind to the true meaning of Christmas and are missing the purpose behind it. And this Christmas, this is my prayer for you. My prayer is that you open your eyes and you see the hope of Christmas. See, when the shepherds heard about the Messiah, they had to see him for themselves. Look at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. And here's what I want to let you know about Christianity. Here's what I want to let you know about Jesus. It's very much a taste and see faith. It must be experienced. You got to see Jesus for yourself. You got to touch him for yourself. You got to know him for yourself. Maybe you've heard songs. Maybe you're even here at this Christmas service, but there's something about Jesus that he has to be experienced. You got to touch him and see him that he's real. He's alive and he wants to be part of your life. They went to see him. That which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. What an incredible sight. See, it's so easy to drive our neighborhoods and see countless nativity sets with Jesus without truly understanding the implications and the ramifications of what happened that first Christmas in the manger scene. Contrary to what Will Ferrell thinks, Baby Jesus isn't some sky fairy floating around granting people's wishes. He's the one and only eternal, immortal, almighty God. This wasn't just a new baby in town. This was God in the manger. God went from God in the spirit to God the man. From God in heaven to God with us, Emmanuel. And he came for one purpose. He came to give us hope. See, on that first Christmas... Eternity stepped into the temporary. Out of the mundane came a miracle. The natural gave birth to the supernatural. The Almighty embraced our frailty and vulnerability. Deity became humanity. God became a man. God came to be with us. And what's amazing, the Bible tells us the theological implications are this. Though God held, though Mary held Jesus in her arms, Jesus still held the universe in the palm of his hands. Jesus came as a baby, the most vulnerable of all creatures. And I love animals. I'll always watch Animal Planet. I love watching National Geographic. One of the things I know about humans and creatures we are the weakest and most vulnerable creatures when we're born. Sometimes I'll watch these animals and they'll pop out a newborn and they'll start walking and they'll start walking around and they'll be part of the herd or whatever. But once a baby pops up, they're just helpless. They just cry, poop, and make noise the whole time. They feed themselves. Some of you guys have had a bunch of kids. You know those vulnerabilities. Just think about this. Jesus came as a baby, the most vulnerable of all creatures. Felt cold air. Felt hunger. He would cry. He felt all the vulnerabilities of being human. Jesus came to this earth and he faced every temptation, every struggle, every battle we've ever faced. Everyone. Have you ever been betrayed by those who love you love, who thought would never leave you? You're not the only one, so is Jesus. Have you ever felt like you were all alone and nobody cared for you? So was Jesus. 
had, have you ever been in a situation that you had, the, the time was so dark in front of you, only God could answer it. Your life was on the line and it seemed like nobody was going to answer. Have you ever been in that part of despair? Jesus did when he said, Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, let my will but your will be done. Jesus faced every struggle, every situation, everything we've ever faced. But not only did he just face it, he conquered it once and for all. And now we walk in his victory. That's the hope of Christ in Christmas. Christmas means that God stepped into a broken world, embraced our brokenness so He can be with us and give us hope. God came to be with us so He could work in us. God with us? It's the sound of victory. Satan trembles at that thought. When the shepherds saw that God was with us, they saw prophecy fulfilled and promises kept that God was true to His Word. Because God is with us, Sin and death are conquered. Satan is defeated. And there's hope for sinners like you and I. Because God is with us, our prayers are accepted, our worship is pleasing, and our works are rewarded. Because God is with us, He gives us strength to handle whatever trial comes our way and motivation to fulfill our God-given purpose. God with us, it's comfort for the hurting. It's healing for the broken. It's hope for the hopeless. God with us, it's the song of the redeemed. It's the chorus of the angels. It's the song that all eternity and all creation will cry out forever and ever and ever. God has come to be with us. So he can save us, redeem us, restore us, renew us. The almighty creator, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. The God who spoke the world into existence came to be with you. Give you hope. God with us. It's the greatest promise that human words have ever spoken. The almighty God embraced frailty to become a man. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church Podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.